Hello and welcome to the Scottish Fantasy Football Community Podcast. My name is Thomas. And I'm Harry. And this is our ninth episode in our Game Weekly series in which we review the game week just gone and preview the game week upcoming and then answer some questions and have general chit-chat about Fantasy Football Scotland. Yeah, this week we'll be looking at McGinnis' replacements, considering the fact I think he's been missing from the last three Hibs lineups. Um, followed by a question from at Josh underscore footblog. Um, but we'll get to that in a bit. In the meantime, Thomas, how did you get on in game week nine? I did pretty well. Um, I actually pretty well. I did very well. I skyrocketed in the league. I'm pretty sure I'm close to three hundredth. I'm. I know I'm in the top four hundred. Actually, say so I'm not. Uh, Close to 300. I think I'm like 388th overall. Would I be right in saying? I don't know, Thomas. It's your team. Uh, well, I don't know. I just know that I did well. A big, big return from my captain was very, very nice. However, my vice captain blank in Calvin Ramsey wasn't as nice. Also, not transferring out David Turnbull because I was not necessarily busy, but wasn't able to put as much thought into it and wasn't free at the time of the deadline. So I had my bus team set. So not only did I get David Turnbull's points, I also was able to roll a free transfer. Um, Tanzer scoring was also very, very nice. But apart from that, my team was kind of crap. But still, overall points was how many? Uh, 53. Yeah, solid enough. Personally, not a great game week. I was looking back through my way spreadsheet here of all my you know, my points and whatever. And uh, that's three rough game weeks in four, which is not great. But again, ultimately, we've been talking about this off pod. Off pod. I think our potential was a little bit unfortunate, for example. Um, Double Rangers clean sheet was burst in the 90 plus, 90 plus fourth minute. Um, and ultimately, if Morelos had buried his chances, maybe the game would be, be on hearts and they wouldn't have gone on to score an equaliser. Ultimately, 37 points, down to 552, not great. Brophy scoring, paid off, finally the transfer. Ralston keeping a clean sheet, uh, and then Anik provided me with an absolute collector's item for fantasy football managers with his attacking return. The long ball assist to Scott Tanzer versus Ross County. But apart from that, everything else was a, more or less a travesty. McGinn went missing, uh, his whereabouts are unknown. I cannot find a reason as to why he's been dropped on... Um, Hibs forums, Twitter, interviews, um, articles, nothing. I, I have no idea where Paul McGinn has gone. <laughs> um, so I'm waiting for a bit of news on that, I guess, before I you know, lock in my transfer plans this week. Um, yeah, 37 points down to 552. And I guess the one thing that separated my team from your team this week um, outside of Turnbull was the captaincy you blanked in your vice captaincy. I did too. However, you hit with your captaincy pick. I missed again this week, so yeah. And I would like to point out, I kind of hit pretty hard. One of the highest scoring players this week, I think, with Jota uh, as a non-captaincy return would have got me eleven points. So, oh well. Shall we have a look through the games then, Thomas? Uh, yeah, let's go for it. Where are we going first, Harry? Rangers versus Hearts. A uh, game that finished one each. Hearts remain the only unbeaten side in the league, which is rather impressive. Um, got a few notes here in the game. Um, ultimately, I thought Aribo looked very impressive for Rangers. And generally speaking, it looks like they finally found balance in midfield. 
Um, but ultimately, out of the three that were playing, Aribo is the standout fantasy football pick. He was playing in very advanced positions, um, providing good balls for attackers. And, ultimately, and to be quite honest, if Morales had his shooting boots on, he could have had himself a hat-trick of assists. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if that changes when Kent comes back. But I think Aribo has been playing so well there. Gerald will want that to continue. And that's good for fantasy football managers. What do you think, Thomas? Uh, yeah, I was pretty much going to be a copy and paste. Like I've got in my notes here that he was getting into the box and he was also shooting inside a box, in, inside our box, inside the box, which is always a good thing to be doing just because it increases your chances of scoring. But as you said, Morelos could finish his dinner. He would have had three assists. On the topic of shots in the box, Balogun, my transfer in, um, had three. They were all one, like, one after the other, like, header then stab it and then stab it again and Gordon saving all three but you know as a Balogun owner that's good news for me seeing as he's obviously now a target at set pieces um, and ultimately I think uh, on the balance of things Rangers may have been unlucky not to keep a clean sheet I do think Hearts are good value for the goal um, Bailey Mackay absolutely should have squared it to Boyce and um, by to Bailey Mackay you mean Barry Mackay Yes, thanks for correcting me, Thomas. Barry Mackay. Um, what they've been calling him? Jock Grealish through his hair. <laughs> uh, yep. He should absolutely have squared it, but he he looked pretty lively too. Um, yeah, again, I've got the same in my notes. Barry Mackay looked very good. There's that, the run that he, like, not only should he have squared it to think to Liam Boyce or whoever else was in the box, but the run preceding that where he skinned three or four Rangers was something to behold. Finally, from a fantasy football perspective, uh, Gordon has well and truly staked his claim as the best fantasy football goalkeeper. Uh, you know, I think maybe last week and the week before we discussed if on a wild card would I go, who would I bring in goals? Gordon and I would also think Seagrass right up there. Nah, don't overthink it. Gordon is in the form of his life apparently, um, and playing in a team that is performing well enough defensively. What I would say about that is if you were going to wildcard him in, I wouldn't because you just seem to kill players whenever you try to. That seems to be the case. <laughs> that does seem to be the case. Um, however, I feel like considering the, the run that Hearts continue to be on with regards to kind fixtures, it's the play. Bring him in if you're on a wild card or if you have a transfer, free transfer lying around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the only thing is, is I believe he's a bit more expensive than Benji Seacrest. Yeah. But. Yeah, top-class goalkeeper, and it's not like he's getting his clean sheet points from Hearts being in the opposition half. He's making a significant number of saves every game. Well, not every game, but in the big games. He, If I cast my eye back to the first game week, pretty much the entire reason Hearts took home all three points. And then here again, very, very good goalkeeping to take a point at Ibrox which is something that's rarely done these days if you aren't already doubled or tripled up on hearts I think that's where I'd be focusing my transfer this week um, they play Dundee FC at home and then go on a run of St. Johnson away Aberdeen away Dundee United at home Motherwell away St. Mirren at home very Sorry. very kind and sneak preview I'm probably looking that way for my transfer this week myself but more on that later um, another thing just to talk about the um Hearts defence or just defences in general I was looking at it and Hearts have the joint second best defence in the league with Celtic whilst Dundee are just the best defence so then there's not too much separating the two or the, the three sides but yeah something to to think about perfect on to the next one then 
Um, Hibs taking an absolute thrashing off Dundee United um, at Easter Road. My thoughts on this were whilst the game looked fairly even and expected data does support that, Dundee just seemed to have a bit more quality, which is kind of surprising. Dundee United, sorry, had seemed to have a bit more quality. The, like, the finishes for all three of the goals were sublime. The header yeah. was fantastic. Nicky Clark's goal oh, was beautiful. It was a peach. And then Niskanen easily could have finished it himself, but very unselfish of him to pass it to the... I believe he's a Dundee United graduate in Kieran Freeman. I think I remember listening to the highlights on Sports End and he's been, uh, is it the word plighted, blighted with injuries over the last three years, which for him to then come back and be in one of the best defence in the league is nothing to be frowned at. So from a fantasy football perspective, Harks gets his fourth attacking return in four games. Um, Clark returns with a, to the side and gets his goal. Um, McCann, the wing-back, um, who replaced Robson? Um, who he looks fantastic. He assisted uh, Edwards' goal for the header, uh, but was putting plenty of balls in the box. He looked he looked really good, running down that left hand side. Um, and yeah, on the flip side of that coin, um, Nisbet Nisbet. Sorry, uh, on the topic of Nisbet, seeing as I've Tourette's his name out there. <laughs> Hibbs offered very little going forward after yep. um, Edwards absolutely ploughed through Boyle in the sort of opening stages of the game. They, that offered very little going forward. Um, mm, I yeah. think Nisbet hit the post very late on. Um, yep. Very, very good shot. I yeah. think, did he not do it on the turn yep. from like 18 yards out, which is a tough, tough skill to do, and he smacks it off the post. Oh no, Benji, Benjamin Seeger saves onto the post, doesn't he? I think so, yeah. So yeah, another bit of fine goalkeeping there. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the uh, Hibs defense. Sorry, the Dundee United defense. I don't think I'm convinced by any of their attackers. I think that from a defensive standpoint, sure, maybe they are overperforming their expected goals against. But ultimately, Benjamin Segrist is a fantastic shot stopper, a great keeper. You've got a centre back pairing of Edwards and Mulgrew who are very solid, and Tam Courts. Uh, seems to have his men very organised and not only do you have that fantastic sort of wee trio at the back, you know, a, a strong back four um, you have Fuchs protect, protecting a lot of them so I think that yeah maybe they'll regress definitely with regards to the number of goals scored even though it's only eight, um, I think they're good value for defensive picks Yeah, um, I also believe that they have two decent midfield picks with regards to their price, you've got Ian Harks and Ilmarinus Cannon I think, as you said, Harks has returned his fourth goal involvement in four and I think that's Niskanen's second assist in two or something like that yeah. so they they Dundee's midfield could be good value for money there uh, but that's all that's some food for thought yeah if I was again if I was, to, if I was on a wild card draft or I had, uh, if I wasn't making the beginners transfer this week then I think I'd be looking to get a Dundee defender in as well I, excellent Sorry about that. I was wrong. He's had three goal get goal involvements in three games. Yeah. Two assists and one goal. So a solid run. Yep. Uh, and talking of solid runs, Dundee United play Motherwell at home, Livingston away, and St. Johnson at home before facing uh, Hearts away and then Aberdeen at home. So they have a really nice run. They don't play an old firm fixture until game week 17 and we're coming into game week 10 now. So... I have no immediate plans to use a wild card, and whenever I'm making a transfer, it's definitely you know six, seven, eight games ahead. Like you know, I'm trying to pick a player I want to keep for a long period of time, and Dundee United would fall into that category of team 
that has a you know a sustained run of nice fixtures. Anything else you'd like to say on Dundee United or Hibernian? Um, I'm just worried about McGinn. I have got like no clue where he's gone because yeah, I'm just so lost as to where he's gone. To be honest, as well. Um, Josh Doig kind of got ran around. He looked very weak, like physically weak this game for some reason. Um, but yeah, just a lot of play. I think the problem that Hibs had is just all, almost all of their players had a day, like a bad day at the office, all on the same day. Yeah, I think thankfully we get um, Hibs team news in the build up. Like, so we get Hibs team news before the deadline, hopefully. Um, so I guess I'll be waiting till then to decide my transfer. At the moment, it's McGinn is out. But if I see McGinn is not playing, I think I might move on him. That remains to be seen. Next up on the running order, we have uh, Motherwell versus Celtic. Um, so, yeah, Celtic come away, 2-0 winners, um, and looked, by and large, apart from one, Starfelt, and it wasn't, no, that was in the European game, he made the one mistake. I think, again, Starfelt didn't put in a particularly um, assured, convincing performance at centre-back. I would um, argue the complete opposite. I think he only lost possession twice. I think he won most of his aerial duels this week. Uh, yeah. Remember reading a, th- a thread, and they seem to rate how he played very highly. Fair um, enough. Maybe that's my misconception, my my bias. But uh, yeah, so he had five. Uh, so he had seven duels in total, and won four of them. Uh, completed a large number of accurate passes, which doesn't mean much with regards to fantasy football. Uh, and completed two tackles, which is close to being a point. Regardless, Celtic did look much more solid defensively, but the real standouts from this game um, were Turnbull and Yotta. They were both absolutely excellent, and I yep. think um, that was maybe, you know, I can chalk this down as maybe one of my mistakes for the season. Um, my p- transfer policy thus far was to continuously improve the weakest area of my team. Going into game week nine, it was McGuinness being out injured. I neglected to fix that. I took out Turnbull in place of Kyogo, and it came back to bite me. Whilst in Kyogo, I have a player I'm happy to keep. Um, I missed out on a double-digit haul from Turnbull. Ding, 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 ding. But yeah, um, I have it written down in my notes here that Jota took a total of four shots mm-hmm. and two, on, two in the box and two out the box. Uh, so, I mean, that just shows that he's getting into very good positions. And okay, his assist... Isn't really an assist because he just passed it sideways and Turnbull weathered it from twenty five yards out. But I don't think his goal returns are going to dry up anytime soon. Something I would like to point out about the uh, the Yota goal was um, Kyogo came deep to make the contentious tackle slash foul. The could have should have would have been foul. Um, who he then gives to Rogic and in his place streams. Turnbull, he yep. goes beyond uh, the striking position and through the middle of the defence, which opens up the space on the left-hand side for Yota to, you know, receive the ball, take a touch, shoot and score. Um, on that topic, uh, in his goal midweek against Ferenc Varos, or I think UEFA ended up overturning it to be an own goal, uh, he did the exact same thing. And in the interview after the match, Postacoglu was like, yeah, We've been telling him to just get in the box as often as possible because you're not. I mean, he did score from outside the box, but you're more likely to score from inside the box than you are outside it. And 
Foster Coggle has been saying uh, he's been trying to work on those runs with David Turnbull and just came off Miguel against Ferenc uh, Faros or however you say their name and as you said he was getting in the box there I've got here on my notes that Motherwell regression continues, but I actually don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Now I come to think about it, because they've lost the last two games um, to nil, but they have been against uh, Hearts away and then Celtic at home, and sure, Celtic had that terrible record of away form, um, or, or, or not picking up points away from home. Um, but it's a different Celtic side at the moment, and I think that still wait and see how Motherwell come out the other side of this, you know, a few difficult fixtures on the horizon. Um, yeah, like um, I think the first highlight on sports scene was I want to say it was Slattery, and he put in a searching low cross into the box, and the only thing that stopped it getting on to get, having Woolery on the end of it was uh, Anthony Ralston getting in the way. Yep. But had he not been there, and I know if my gran had two wheels, she'd have been a bike. Kane Woolery would have been burying that every day of the week, so yeah. not still, completely out of it, but. Not Close. interested in Motherwell assets either at the moment. Dundee United away, St. Mary at home, Rangers at home, Aberdeen away, and then Hearts at home. So it's a tough run over the next five, um, but I also wouldn't be in a rush to get rid of them. Shall we roll on to the fourth fixture? Uh, Ross County versus St. Mary and Thomas. What yeah, do you sure. think? I mean, a bit of a goal fest, but I think most of the goals were either, not fluky, but I mean, the free kick was kind of lucky. And then I think Malky Mackay kind of put it perfectly. The goals that at least Ross County conceded were from mistakes. Uh, the Tanzer goal, which gave you the Anik assist. I don't remember who it was, but just decided to not head the ball, it looked like. And then Tanzer runs through and taps in. And then for the free kick, which I think it was Spittle scored, deflects off of whoever it hits it's and, wicked yeah yeah, and just takes it right past Jack Hannock so a lot of luck in some of the goals but I mean sometimes you need it yeah I felt like ultimately Ross County were unlucky not to get something but it was a poor first half that really sort of finished them off um, I thought Spittle looked great I yep. think he could be a very um, productive player for uh, Ross County, which is good news for fantasy football players. We have been saying, you know, when we go back a few podcasts, we were talking about bringing in a Ross County player. We went for Regan Charles Cook, but have since been saying Spittle's the one. Whilst his return this week was came with a large slice of luck, he does look like a great pick. Um, and we'll go on to talk through his maybe some of his underlyings in a bit. But he currently sits in sixth of all midfielders with 40 points, which is very impressive considering where Ross County find themselves in the uh, in the table. Brophy and Tanzer, I thought, put in uh, excellent performances. Tanzer made uh, Team of the Week, and uh, Brophy's finish for his goal was a thunderbolt. It was a really fantastic, you know, driven shot into the top of the into the roof of the net, and uh, the last two weeks. I don't think he'd taken a single shot across the two games. This week he took six shots. Sure, five of them um, went wide, um, but ultimately put one on target and went in. And St. Mirren still have a couple of reasonable fixtures after this week where they take on Rangers at home um, that I'm happy to hold on to him for. Tanzer, by the way, what a shout. I have, no, to, no. I have, to, I have to commend you on that. He looked excellent this weekend. Really no, I, I've been, from I've... a fantasy football perspective. 
Yeah, I've been live. I've I've been as you've been listening over the past few weeks, almost week in week out. I've been singing his praises. I was almost just waiting for a Tanza return, and here it comes in one of the flukiest ways possible. But you look at some of the free kicks he's been putting in. You see some of the crosses he's been putting in. You see some of the positions he's been getting in in the box. And yeah, I, it's just been surprised. It's surprising that that return hasn't come sooner. Almost, but yeah, I'm very happy with that transfer. Not much more for me to say here. I think I'm happy to move on. Yep. Okay. St. Johnston nil, Livingston 3, Thomas, kick us off. I mean, Bruce Anderson looked solid, very, very solid, putting a top, top performance. Uh, a very uncharacteristically poor show from the St. Johnston defence. We, If this was had been last season... Oh, actually, no, they started off last season very poorly, didn't they? Yeah. Um, but had this been seven or eight months ago, you'd have been thinking what had gone on there. But, yeah, a few shockers from some of the Saints players. Yeah. The expected data suggests that the Livingston were lucky to take anything, but in a similar but more aggressive, you know, version of events compared to the Ross County game, um, it was the mistakes that, as you said, Thomas, the St. Johnson mistakes that handed Livingston the win. I agree with you. Uh, Bruce Anderson looked very sharp. Go with a goal and assist. Um, but on the flip side, the St. Johnson attack continues to look um, particularly underwhelming. Had a wee look through their um, record to date, they have failed to score more than one goal in eight of nine league matches. Wow, that's yeah, bad. Really not, fan- really not great. Um, and I've put here... Um, and I guess maybe we can discuss this a little bit more when it comes to looking ahead. Um, is it time to start vice-captaining defenders that play against them? I mean, if they're, I never even realised that their scoring record was that bad. Would I not be right in saying that the only time that they've scored more than one would have been last week? Because it was... Did they not end up winning 3-1 because Chris Kane scored a double? Yep. Uh, and then people started jumping on that train and I, I was... I had him at the start of the season. I expected them to be better, and I am so glad I stuck well clear of that. Yeah, I can't say I'm going to be re- looking at the two teams. I think I would hold on to my St. Johnson defenders. I think this was, as you said, you used the perfect word, uncharacteristic. I would expect to see St. Johnson revert to the norm. Um, I would not be looking to their midfielders or attackers, and ultimately the only player from Livingston I would consider... Would maybe be Bruce Anderson. He did look fantastic. Uh, and maybe Odin Bailey too. He put in a fantastic performance and got himself, um, I think it was an assist and a man of the match. Yeah, he got a goal. He got a goal as well. He got an assist for Odin Bailey. Uh, I thought it was just a goal. Oh, correct. Sorry, it wasn't an assist. It was a goal. Yeah, he looked good too. So if you need a budget, well, Bruce Anderson's an attacker. Odin Bailey's a midfielder. But if you need a budget player, maybe an enabler, you could look to that direction. Pressing on to the sixth and final game um, that came late on Saturday was, I would say late, 6pm for all of uh, Dave Cormack's uh, American viewers. Um, we saw Dundee beat Aberdeen 2-1. What yeah. To say? I mean, if the Aberdeen defence put in as much passion as Dave Cormack did in his interview on the other night, I mean... We'll be runaway winners. 
but yeah, Aberdeen just absolutely shocking. I was reading an article, I think, by a guy who I believe is called Joel Sked. And in the interview, which Cormac did online, he was like, we have one of the lowest H, like, or he was saying, oh, I look at the stats and I've, I'm like, how have we only come away with one point or whatever? And to a certain extent, you can agree, but, um, they didn't, he didn't, the guy Joel Sked didn't give the actual numbers, but they have the third lowest XG per shot in the league and the second worst XG per shot against in the league. So the, the highest XG per shot conceded. Yeah, second highest. So that means pretty much that they're not creating that many good attacking opportunities and they're conceding a lot of good, or not necessarily a lot, but every time... conceding high quality chances. chances. And you can just sort of see that when you watch them play. Like, yeah, just defensively, they've not been at the races. I do think going forward, Aberdeen are all right. And I actually think that Ramirez is a hold. I think he is going to come up with enough goals, getting into good positions. And he's he is going to be getting service from the two young fullbacks. I thought Griffiths looked good for his goal, like a, a cracking finish. And I think that um, maybe whilst I wouldn't go there, him being in the team adds value to players like McMullen, McGowan, or Charlie Adam. If you've got someone who can finish as clinically as him, but we have to wait and see. Make see. I mean, I don't know if you saw Lee Griffiths was getting himself involved in the trouble at the end of the match, like, yeah. or with uh, was it Jack McKenzie? It's like Christ, mate. He's a 33-year-old man. Not even that. It's like you've just back from suspension. Stop it. <laughs> I, mean, I'm, I was going to go from the angle he's in his, in his 30s squaring up to someone who is at oldest in his 20s. Yeah. Uh, like, is at oldest 20 even. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. So I but think, that's, I, guess, I believe that's Lee Griffiths doing Lee Griffiths things. What I'll say, I guess, about those last three fixtures we've covered um, is that Brophy, uh, Anderson, Gri- Griffiths and Ramirez have made the striker conversation a bit more interesting. Yep. Um, all uh, four of which look good and ultimately return this week I would still say not to invest too much money up top I think you need Boyce although he blanked this week he's uh, I think I was looking at it and he has one of the highest shots in the box in yeah. the league yeah. we don't need to talk about Boyce I don't think everyone knows at this point yep right then I think now is a good time in that case to move on to Next game week. Yeah, let's do it. All right then, Tyus. As it stands, looking at the fixtures, is there games in which you will be targeting? Uh, I, be- I mean, I've already got Celtic attackers. I think Celtic St. John's now again, Celtic at home, are just another animal compared to when they're playing away. I mean, they've had two away wins on the bounce, but I think they've got the highest XG per game at home in the league. So... I just can't see past Celtic offensive assets um, and Hearts of Midlothian against Dundee is another fixture I'd potentially target. Um, Saying that, Rangers away, I wouldn't be opposed to getting in an attacker. I think, again, on sports scene, the commentator was saying that that was after they conceded their second goal. Uh, He said something along the lines of that's the second goal they've conceded today. The, and it's a, a, a worry for the worst defence in the league. Yeah. I don't think they've considered the most goals, but they're right up there, are St. Mirren. Um, but I would say they're also one of the form sides in the league. They are a joint third with Hearts over the last six games um, for points um, with 12. So I think I'll be avoiding my Rangers players for captaincy, and I don't know if I'd be too 
I, didn't, I wouldn't see the value necessarily in bringing in a range attacker for this fixture. And yes, ultimately, I would agree with you. Celtic versus St. Johnson is, Johnson is one to look at, as is uh, Hearts versus Dundee FC. I feel like there could be goals in the Ross County versus Livingston game, but I couldn't tell you from which direction. Um, and the same, and I guess maybe the opposite could be said for Dundee versus United versus Motherwell. Um, I, I wonder if that's going to be a bit of a stalemate. Ultimately, from a fantasy football perspective, this week it's Hearts versus Dundee and uh, Celtic versus St. Johnson. And then maybe St. Mary and Rangers. What are you doing with your Hibs and Aberdeen assets this week, seeing as they play each other? I think I'm gonna be well I'm gonna be try I'm gonna keep Boyle. I just think regard like although he had one bad game week, that happens to even the best of players. So I'll be keeping him. I think McGuinness is definitely going to be my next player out and because I've got two transfers I think Ramsey is also potentially on the chopping block yeah uh, I'm like you keeping a hold of Boyle um, Ramsey's on the bench and then McGinnis will go or McGinn it really depends on the on the Hibs team sheet what about so you think you'll go to who, who are you thinking for your captaincy at the moment in all honesty I've not even thought about it I tempted again just to go Jota Again, he looked very good in the Motherwell game, and he also looked very good in the Ferenc Varos game. Uh, could also captain Turnbull, and then you've also always got captain Tav. Yep. I think for me, I've got on Boyce, and I think it's going to stay that way. And at the moment, as I alluded to previously, my vice captain is on Ralston. I don't think St. Johnston are going to get anything. And um, it's a very safe play. I think Celtic are bookies' favourites for a clean sheet this week. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to keep it that simple. Like, I'm not, I need to start hitting with my captaincy and vice captaincy. And I think that's my best route, my safest route. Right then. Sort of following on from discussing a little bit about our transfers, um, we both have. Alluded to the fact that McGinnis is more than likely on the chopping block unless he, you know, comes straight back into the team following on from his injury. And uh, I had a wee look into options in and around his price bracket. So um, the first thing that crossed my mind when looking at it was I filtered um, midfielders by points and then under 4 million. And it was two of the top five are defensive midfielders um, in Giandro Fuchs and uh, Benny Benigni. Um, so I did a quick comparison between the two of them and Devlin, um, Cammy Devlin, that is, um, the Australian central midfielder playing for Hearts, to see if I was wanting to go down the sort of steady, you know, three points, four points, once every five weeks, six or seven, kind of a route, who would I go for? Um, so by comparison, um, whilst he on average has the, the least minutes per game, that number is skewed by the fact that he made a cameo appearance for his debut, uh, Cami Devil on 76, point, uh, 76 points, 76 minutes. Um, he has the most shots per game out of the three uh, with 0. 0.5. Um, and he ha- makes the most key passes, uh, 0. 0.5 as well. Most passes per game at 45.5. Interceptions, 2.5. And uh, tackles, 3.8. Wow, that's yeah. high. Yeah. Very, very good stats from him. There. Before the Rangers game, he returned seven points and seven points without returning. Uh, without yeah, without returning in the attacking third, um, all coming from interception, tackles, clean sheet, etc. Um, so 
In order of preference, Devlin is the clear choice. I'm probably followed by uh, Benigni over Fuchs based essentially on fixtures at this point. The two of them are quite comparable. Um, but ultimately, what does get you the big points in fantasy football are goals and assists. And they do contribute to um, bonus point scoring as well. Um, so I did a comparison of five attacking midfield options um, who are all performing well at the moment um, in the same price bracket as McKennis. And I went with uh, Spittle for Ross County, Hartson, how do you say his name? Niskanen? Niskanen? Uh, one or two. Um, from Dundee United, um, Ronan from St. Mirren, and surprising pick when I was looking at the points, but McMullen. And um, I have ranked them in this order based on their underlying stats. Um, Spittle, number one. His underlines have been fantastic. He is playing almost every minute of every game. He's taken 2.2 shots, which is the highest of all five per game. Um, he's making 2.3 key passes per game, which is the second highest amongst the five, um, along with, uh, I think it's one interception, 1.2 tackles, which also is the, the second highest out of the group. Um, second place is McMullen. Wow, that's actually kind of surprising. He plays 90 minutes per game. Not surprising. He has created uh, the tied most big chances out of uh, all five with two. Um, can I sort of interject there? The problem with big chances created or like key passes for set piece takers is if they swing the ball into the box and like a header gets a glance onto it, that then con- like contributes to a key pass or a big chance. So I always sort of look at some of the big chances created or big passes or keep big passes key passes with a grain of salt if you know they're on set pieces because as i was saying like a defender can be or an offensive player can be surrounded by four or five defenders and then just touch their head on it and it's cast class as a big chance or a key pass but don't get me wrong still highly impressive he's still getting the ball in the box a lot i was, I was gonna say i was gonna come to your point and say like yeah sure i would agree with you there are limitations to the statistic or these two statistics like there are any but is it not good to know that he's putting balls into the box because ultimately that's where your highest XG shots are coming from? It's pretty yeah, that's pretty much why I've got Tanzer in is because he's on set pieces, but he also gets further forward. So just food for thought when you're like reading through this. And then to round off my list of five, I've put Harks in third, Niskanen fourth, and Ronan in fifth. Thomas, you had mentioned bringing in Spittle from Aganis this week. Have I convinced you otherwise? I mean, because the thing is, the difference between Spittle and McMullen, um, first off, is that Ross County only have two kind fixtures left before they go on a fairly sticky run. Um, and in addition to this, you already have Regan Charles-Cook. Do you really want to double up on Ross County players? So, yeah, the answer to that is... I mean, I have two transfers sort of available. I have two, two free transfers and... I'm still swaying between some relatively controversial things here. I'm tempted to take out James Tavernier to free up some funds in midfield. So what I would do is I'd go from someone like James Tavernier to Connor Goldson. I don't know if that's a smart idea or not, but only one way to find out. But then that leaves me six million to then or like six point eight million to transfer out McGuinness, which means I could just get a big hitter in. But if I was to go from McGinnis straight to someone without taking out uh, Tavernier, I would still... 
be tempted by Niskanen just because you're talking about the defensive stats of some of the players with how good Dundee United's defense is. He's going to be getting that clean sheet bonus every so often. That clean sheet point, yeah. And then, as we saw in the game, he, as we've been talking about previously, even he's had three goal involvements in three games. But if I didn't have Charles Cook, I would be very, very, very tempted by Spittle. Same, same, absolutely. I'm right there with you. I would have gone for Spittle this week had I not already owned me Charles Cook. Um, ultimately, I'm wanting to bring in someone who I would, I guess, likely play this week. Um, and I think I'm tossing and turning between the two. So yes, in isolation, Spittle's the best pick. But I think I'd rather have McMullen for the fact that I already have Rick Charles Cook. So it's between him or the safe play of of, of uh, Cammy Devlin. Hearts is run. I mean, you say Dundee United look excellent, and they do. Dundee, um, Dundee, sorry. Hearts have a very kind run of fixtures. Um, and I think I think there's a chance he picks up more points over that period than um, McMillan does so I, that's where I think I'll be going for my transfer team news dependent fair enough anything else you'd like to talk about with regards to McGinnis appointments or transfers more generally um, no I can think of Alright, in that case, before we round off, we will move on to our only question of the week, which comes from at Josh underscore footblog, um, who asks, uh, the points seem to be varied among the Celtic midfielders each week, but who would you say is the best combo? For me, if you were like blank slate and you had all the money in the world, number one has to be Jota. Uh, looked fantastic in the Motherwell game. Uh, looked very, like, we're recording this after the Europe- Europa League game, obviously, as we've, because we've been speaking about it. And his pass to Kyogo was very, very nice. Um, he also, from what I was looking, I've, I've been looking up on whoscored.com, and out of all the players who have played more than five games, who aren't Boyce, Morelos, and I can't remember who the third striker was, he was like the highest shots in the box for a midfielder in the Premier League. Wow, very impressive. Um, so Jota and who else? Furuhashi would be my second. He's not super expensive. I think he is. Is he still only five point five? Mid five million. Five point five, five point six, maybe five point seven. I would definitely go for Furuhashi. I looked again on WhoScored.com, and he has the highest. Shots in the six-yard box in the league. And he also, I think, had 1.5 shots in the box on top of that per game. Wow. Yeah, I haven't really looked into the stats personally. If, again, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you on that one. I uh, would go with those three. And I wonder if you're saying you're thinking of bringing in a big hitter, I would just make it three. I would have the three Celtic midfielders at this point because... You'd not really have three Celtic midfielders if you have them all because Furuhashi is playing up front. Um, and I guess it depends if you have your non-playing player in midfield so that would only give you one free midfielder slot. Um, I guess my overall opinion of the Celtic midfielders is in the same way that the uh, Motherwell strikers were taking turns hauling at the start of the season. Um, it seems to be the same with the uh, Celtic midfielders. So I think if you have any two or three of the following, Abada, Yota, 
Furuhashi, Turnbull, or maybe, dare I say it, Rogic? I don't know who on earth would be owning him, but I would not necessarily move off him and just be a little bit more patient with those assets. Yeah, I think if you have a Celtic midfield asset, it's just, especially this week, they, they're playing at home. And as I said earlier, they have the highest XG when they're playing at home. And I just wouldn't be surprised if any of the Celtic offensive midfielders just sort of got start getting involved in the goals. They're just, they look very good going forward and they're getting a little bit more solid defensively. You're changing my mind on my captaincy pick. I could move it off, boys. I have to have a think about this. And on that note, I think that's us covered everything we wanted to cover this week. Yep. Um, anything general that you want to say about the game week upcoming? Follow us on Twitter at SFFantasyCom. Um, and good luck all. I think we'll leave it there. Yep. And we will see you next week. See you next week.